the card. Episode 12. Episode 12. <laughs> Three dozen. With your co-host, Ryan and Paul. Yeah, Paul and Ryan, King's Legacy. Yes, sir. Today we are memorializing Chadwick Bozeman. May he rest in peace. Um, if you didn't know, he had passed recently from uh, colon cancer, something that not a lot of people had known about. Um, but I guess if you were paying attention, you could have noticed the weight loss. Um, I thought it was for a role. I don't know if you guys had noticed his weight loss or if you thought anything was going on, but I think it caught us all off guard. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, here, here on this episode, we have our, you know, writer, editor, blogger, Matt Brassel joining us to give us yes, the, final, the rundown yep. of Chadwick and uh, what he meant to cinema, what he meant to the Marvel Universe, and uh, Matt, just to pay a tribute for him in general. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, yeah, I mean, I was actually on set. Uh, I'm working on season four of Fargo, trying to get it done after... Uh, five and a half months shut down from the pandemic. And uh, I was out doing an overnight and just looked on my phone. And it was just one of those things where just everyone seemed like they were on their phone after a certain point in the evening. And it was just the, it was the news hitting everybody. And did you hear this, whatever. Um, and it just, I mean, like, like you said, it came out of nowhere. Um, you know, I've been reading a lot of the tributes and this and that and across the board the idea seemed that no one knew that this was happening yeah. uh not ryan coogler not kevin feige at marvel no one had any idea um and that's a crazy thing because the amount of things that he had to do physically as mm -hmm. working 14 hour days on set is difficult for anybody when you're the lead actor when you're in almost every shot of something right that's physically taxing no matter no no level of star pampering that you can do can really curb that uh you know it it takes a perseverance it takes a strength and from what everyone was saying over the past week it just seemed like he never let his tiredness show he never let anything like get him down and that's that's in, incredible strength that i feel like now we're going to go back and watch all these uh films of his and it's going to have this new layer because we know that this was always going on for him um especially you know his second to last role on in the five bloods is just it was already something where he was kind of this ethereal ghost kind of hanging uh -huh. over stuff and that's going to mean something completely different now um and you know even in black panther there's kind of the death and rebirth that happens there um i was trying to kind of think about like certain uh correlations that he had to other artists and the one that kind of kept coming back to me was uh i was thinking about david bowie a lot okay and the black star album that he put out where we didn't know that he had cancer either um and it like died and the this album dropped and it was it was all about that it was all about what he was dealing with coming to terms with being towards the end and uh you know that was an amazing piece of art black star was and i feel like chadwick had a very similar 
um, approach to his uh, dealing with his illness and how he put that put out his energy into the world uh, and was a positive, strong light. And I think that um, the amount of awareness that's been raised this past week over like, you know, colon cancer is something that would kind of is really often missed early in, in men. And um, no, that's just, it's just a terrible thing. Uh, but I, I, you know, yeah, it's crazy. And I think, I think that, like you said, nobody knew he had it. Right. So, like, you know, he, he pushed forward. And, um, and if you don't know about Chadwick Bozeman, he was a, uh, he went to Howard university. He also went to uh, the British American drama Academy and then uh, digital film Academy. So he, uh, he, he put a, a good chunk of his life into acting and, and into theater as a whole. And not only, um, you know, we talk about Black Panther and Black Panther was one of those things that, you know, it impacted everybody because it was part of the Marvel world and, and, and he played it so well, and you know, and just the, uh, and just the way that he uh, stepped into the role and owned it and, and made everybody love Black, Black Panther. But, but man, 42. Let's talk about yep. that, man. Jackie Robinson, right? Really yeah, good. I mean, you know, it's 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 crazy the run that he had because we're talking about a run of like three huge, you know, black figures between Jackie Robinson, James Brown, and 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 Thurgood Marshall. I mean, that's and James Brown. Yeah. That's that is a huge, um, you know, weight to carry. And the thing as you mentioned, all of that schooling, all of that time put into acting, like the career didn't quite hit for Chadwick until his, you know, mid thirties. And that's, that's late for, for actors. You know, he was like one of those guys who did, you know, an episode of fringe and CSI and just like, he kind of just, he spent his twenties just really like bumming around in New York. And I feel like that kind of gave him, um, a strength because he really explored himself and really kind of got a lot of experience. And, uh, now that he, you know, you know, that, that really brought a really a knowledge and a, and a, and a, and I keep coming back to strength. Strength keeps fulfilling like the word. I feel like that's something that he just embodied uh, always. And uh, I think he brought it to, to all those figures and uh, you know, that's, <laughs> you really can't ask for better. I, you know, I heard, I saw comparisons to like Robert Redford um, as, as a, in terms of acting, I think, you know, I absolutely think that that hits for sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's interesting. Um, his post schooling, as uh, Paul mentioned, after uh, after Howard University, he couldn't actually afford, I think, to go to the academy. And his teacher had reached out and said his teacher had reached out and I think emailed Denzel Washington and a few other actors. Mm-hmm. And they had actually given him a full ride. They paid his way through um, the academy and, you know, the school schooling past Howard University. So, you know, also that, I guess that speaks to the actor that he was. If you look at Denzel Washington's career and how many prominent black figures that he portrayed in film, Mm -hmm. and then you see Chadwick Boseman as well and the figures that he portrayed. And it's, it's more so like their careers almost mirrored, mirrored each other. Like Chadwick was just getting started, as you were saying. Um, he was just getting these big roles. I mean, I think he was diagnosed at 39. So mm-hmm. a lot of his big movies had come out in that uh, four or five year stretch. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, just seeing the roles that he went for and portrayed on film, um, there was some purpose behind his career. There was something that he was going for. There was something that he wanted that there was an image that he knew he wanted to portray. Yeah. I think he had, he had even mentioned like um, how it was very important for, I mean, not only young black children, but young children in general to see these characters portrayed on the big screen, because I mean, I guess somebody else would have, if he didn't, but the fact that, you know, let me really take this script and let me make sure I see it through, mm-hmm. you know, these stories need to be told, you know, children need to see these stories, see positive figures. Exactly. So that was, that was something uh, that I, you know, I, I really uh, admired after hearing that story of Denzel Washington really mm-hmm. kind of putting his stamp on him before he was even in those big films. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that really got me was, um, was Kugler's tribute to him. I don't know if you guys got a chance to read that, but just the intentionality between Kugler kind of inherited him as his star because Marvel had already cast him for civil war and, um, the, the decision to use, uh, John Connie's, you know, original language as, the Wakandan language and not choosing to Westernize his accents and any of that, there was always intentionality in every little thing that he did. And, you know, that made for an amazing pairing in Kugler and uh, Bozeman that they were able to work together and make this a very purposeful film that quite frankly, I think even too late, two years later, we take for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the fact that it got like, you know, the, the I'm, I'm one of those Oscar people. I care about the Oscars. Right, right. When it when it hits, it's great. When it's bad, I feel like I, I, worry, I worry about the history of cinema in general. Yeah. And unfortunately, that year, there's a lot of good with the bad because on the one end, it was an amazing thing that Black Panther got nominated um, for Best Picture. But on the flip side, you know, Green Book won, which was – unfortunate thing that no one really was it's already aging poorly um Mm -hmm. and aged the second it was it happened but you know there's there was all these lot of great things along the lines in that run um including the the sag award nominations the the entire ensemble one and there was kind of almost a moment there where a lot of people thought there was an energy that maybe black panther had uh the opportunity to go to the distance on that but the other flip side of the whole academy thing is that Posterity tells us what matters, and right, exactly. no one's gonna. The lack of it not winning Best Picture is not gonna take away from the fact that Black Panther is gonna mean a lot to a lot of people for a long time. But now, with this extra layer of knowing that Chadwick is is gone, that a sequel is, you know, gonna be different. Um, and we can kind of get into that whenever you guys want in terms of what I I think that's gonna happen there. But it's the big machine, the big Marvel machine makes you feel like everything's always going to be fine. And it's all going to, we're always going to have all these things. No one's going to quit. No one's going to pass away, but you know, tomorrow's not guaranteed. And uh, I think that was the big thing that a lot of people cut reminded of and always get reminded of when this sort of thing happens. Um, And it's funny. I kind of want to tap into what you said, Matt. I don't want to get off the subject of uh, Chadwick, but uh, we talk about these iconic roles that he played, right? And just like like Ryan mentioned, 
uh, getting back by a guy like Denzel, right, when he was early in his career. And then you mentioned, like, he didn't get an award for that, you know. That kind of begs, that kind of begs the question, doesn't it? It's like, these are, like you said, these are iconic, like, like I don't know if another movie did as well as Black Panther did that year, and, and they still didn't give him the accolades or, you know, give him the credit that he did. No, there's and a stigma around superhero movies, you know? Yeah. It's like they look at it as not serious or something like that. Yeah, but I could also argue the flip side of like, you know, biopics are almost a shoe in at the Academy, and neither 42 nor Get On Up were really in that conversation. Right. Um, you know, even sometimes those sort of movies, you know, they don't get the, it's kind of like just a best actor nomination, and that's kind of it. Um, and even that, I'm just, you know, I could go back and look at all the lists, and at the end of the day, it's going to be, it's, it's, the, it's the same 10, 15 guys, and it's, right. you know, Rami Malek putting on, Rami Malek lip singing, and, and, you know, not even doing the actual songs, and that just drives me up the wall. Um, especially when you see something as genuine and fully embodied as something like when he did with James Brown, that was, right. I, w I was watching clips of that and just the, the energy that you brought to it. And it's, he's n never been a one gear. He was never a one gear guy. He was always, you know, fluid and adjustable and, mm -hmm. you know, you just, you don't always get that. Uh, and I think that that's something that the, the Marvel, uh, studios and everything really wanted a lot of a lot of a lot of their cast because i mean if you look at chris evans he's just as comedic as he is self-serious and that's kind of how it is with all of those guys um and chadwick felt fed in very well with that group um and could kind of adjust to each scene and it never felt like he was like sticking out as a self-serious sore thumb and you know there's a lot of levity and especially in in black panther with him and you know, Surrey and Leticia, you know, Leticia White just knocks out that performance yeah. and they have a really great chemistry. Um, this is, you know, I, I actually haven't had a chance to go back and rewatch Black Panther since this all happened. Yeah. I'm one of those people who usually kind of gives it a little bit more time because <laughs> I, I think I watched Mish's Doubtfire like right after uh, Robin Williams passed away and it was just, it was, it was, yeah, exactly. yeah. it's a lot. Gotta give it some time. One Absolutely. thing you had mentioned earlier that I wanted to uh, touch on was uh, Defive Bloods. Mm -hmm. uh, I know right when I got the news, I had mentioned to somebody that Chadwick's character in that movie takes on a whole new meaning now. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you know, in the in the movie, um, he's already passed away, so he's kind of like this ghostly figure. Mm -hmm. um, but everything that his, um, I guess, how would you say what army friends or or his comrades, comrades all, yeah. you know all of his any everything that his comrades would uh look back on it was always this advice that chadwick was giving them you know stay true you know keep your integrity um i guess stay focused if you have to kill you know do it for the right things um when when he was talking about the respect that they would not get back home after the war he said you know don't let that bog you down you know you still have to not only you know fight for your country but also for racial justice things like that he was keeping them in line even after he passed and you know seeing his roles and his purpose outside of the five blood just chadwick himself it kind of seems like that's that's his message 
that was his message. You know, he, he seemed like he was playing himself into Five Bloods now that you go and look back at that. And no, absolutely. And I mean, and, the Five Bloods and, is one and of, his career kind of with a Spike Lee joint as a black actor, too. Yeah. And it's it, it's a wild film in terms of is it just there's it's just brimming with so much knowledge. And um, there was so much that I got out of that film that, you know, especially in this time, it ended up being this thing where it kind of really hit. I think it was what within a couple of weeks of after uh, George Floyd and all of that that I just it's I mean to say that Spike Lee's films always feel just so of the time and relevant is kind of an understatement that we've at this point made very very clear but um yeah I mean that was that was one of those great collaborations that I'm so glad that we got that um Mm -hmm. because uh, you know it just seemed like Shadwick really wanted to not just be the Marvel guy, not just be the big movie guy, but he was also um, capable of taking on these bigger, harder roles. And, you know, I think Delroy Lindo's performance in The Five Bloods, I feel like is so informed by Chadwick's energy. And, you know, Delroy Lindo is one of those guys who everyone, you may not know his name, but you've seen at least 20 movies he's been in. Exactly. And he's always brings his A game. He's always fantastic. Even if it's something off the wall like Congo, he's just mm-hmm. absolutely giving it 100. And still wow. the best performance I've seen this year. Congo was classic. Come on. Congo was classic, but it's, <laughs> but it's, but it's, it is gorillas and lasers. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, just that energy of being able to, uh, see i keep coming back to it Chadwick's strength and applying it to his own performance and you know without without that i don't think we have the same movie there for the five bloods i don't think at all yeah so 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 what direction do you think the marvel universe is going to go in because you mentioned it earlier so i mean unlike you know you know past situations where it's like oh we're gonna have to just cast someone else whatever I, i mean it's all there to me it's to me, it's Letitia Wright taking the, the of the mantle. Um, in the comics side of things, uh, there's there was a run of a, a Surrey uh, solo comic in which Black Panther was missing on a mission in space, right. uh, and so she took up the mantle of Black Panther, and. Uh, that's actually written by uh, Nnedi Korafor, who is actually from Olympia Fields. That's my world. Shout out. Uh, shout out Illinois. Yeah, shout out Illinois. Uh, it's a room in Illinois. Uh, went to University of Chicago, where, where our buddy Diz works. Uh, nice. And uh, yeah. I think that they're probably going to play it, that whole situation literal. I think that his, his shadow will be ever-present in Black Panther 2 or whatever it's going to be. Obviously that movie's been being written for a while and Coogler talked about again in his tribute about how mm-hmm. he was writing words for Chadwick that we'll never get to see. Right. And uh, you know, I think that he'll have to pivot but uh, it's going to be a tasteful thing. I, mm-hmm. I think I, I don't. I don't think this is going to kind of be. Oh, we're going to get in our new Black Panther, and it's all going to be fine and rosy. I think it's going to 
it's going to have a new weight to it. Um, yeah. and, that's, and that's something that uh, I feel like Kugler really always captures very well in his films to begin with. Uh, that kind of energy of, you know, the shadow, the shadows of our past and the art of our actions. And, and that's in Fruitvale Station, that's in Creed, it's in all of his films. So um, that's where I, I see it going. I definitely would argue that probably initially the plan for this next phase of Marvel was going to involve Chadwick at the center and Chadwick kind of being the main person with everyone else kind of taking their new, uh, you know, obviously Iron Man no longer in the picture, Steve Rogers essentially not in the picture anymore. Um, This we were kind of making way for a new generation of characters and uh, it seemed like Black Panther was going to be um, the center of that. But not to say that Letitia Wright couldn't also be the center of it because mm-hmm. obviously that character just exudes confidence and knowledge. And she's almost a Tony Stark in her own right. Not almost, I should say. She's actually smarter than Tony Stark probably. Yeah. So uh, that's, a, that's a transition that I think will, will likely happen uh, if I had to guess. Do you think Michael B. Jordan makes a return or Killmonger returns? Because I did hear that... Uh... I think he had signed on or that they at least had him signed on or sign some contract for Black Panther too. I don't know um, what capacity his character would return, but yeah. I think he will be on set or, th- or that at least that was reported. Yeah. I, I hadn't heard anything about that, but honestly, you know, I always say there's always open room for flashbacks. I don't know about you guys, but like, I was absolutely thrown in Endgame when like Robert Redford just showed up again. I was like, did they really get him for an extra day? And uh, same yeah. with Natalie Portman. Like anytime anyone showed up who had like a major role in one of those solo movies, I was just always uh, super blown away that they they came back just for what felt like maybe a half an hour of work, right. um, which is kind of inc- kind of incredible and really shows again the power of the, the Marvel franchise and how well that they could it seems like everyone has enjoyed working in that space and mm-hmm. especially the one thing that I've always been really excited about with this next phase post end game has always been now we're getting into the weird stuff. Right. Uh, and now we're going to take swings. And honestly, that's always been when really any studio has excelled. I mean, Marvel happened when they didn't have the X-Men when they didn't have Spider-Man and they took someone who was not good and not, I mean, Iron Man was not a big deal uh, prior to 2008 and they made him the center of that universe. And now we're kind of moving into, we're going to take swings. We have the ability to, why not? And that's usually when things go better. Uh, not to say anything has ever gone bad, but like they've worked themselves out of issues when they've taken swings, whether it's something like Thor Ragnarok, where you're taking a new, you're going to take the self-seriousness out of Thor and kind of play into how weird it would be to be this old and be this strange or to have so much history, uh, just make you a little bit more squirrely. And now that's how we think of that character. We don't even think of that character as, Strong, powerful Thor. Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't think about it as like this arc of 
going from being a, a, a brat to being noble, uh, which is really what the first movie of Thor is about. And even Avengers is about that. And right. they kind of abandoned that, but it ended up benefiting the, sto- benefiting the character in the long run. And now it's like the most, you know, Love and Thunder is probably what the second or third most anticipated movie in the next mm-hmm. 10 years coming up. Exactly. And you know what's so crazy? Uh, Endgame was so emotional just, to, you know, just in general, right? Every Anytime I watch Endgame, it's like, oh, man. <laughs> but uh, now, you know, with this reality of Chadwick being gone, it's like it adds that much more kind of like fuel to the emotional fire. And, totally. Uh, and um, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but, you know, there's those, uh, those Instagram stories where they'll show the scene and then there'll be the script scrolling underneath it. And it, it did not look as though it was originally written that the first person that we see coming through was T'Challa. It looked like it was either either it was we see Falcon right away or something like that. Yeah, but um, nobody noticed them. Everybody <laughs> noticed T'Challa coming through. Yeah, and now it's a whole different thing where it's like that that moment is going to just completely be changed as he's gone and comes back, and just it just guts you because you know you yeah. don't you don't get that in life. Uh, yeah, frankly, you don't get that in life. You don't get that resurrection. Um, but yeah, no, it's I. Next time I watch any of these movies, I'm just gonna be a freaking mess. So <laughs> I just accept that. Watch it on a Saturday night in a dark room. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just not now, yeah. Do you know anything about his? Um, what they're saying is going to be his final movie that's in uh, post production right now. Mario's yeah. Black Bottom. Yeah, I mean, I, I just just the kind of the synopsis and this and that. I, I, I mean, obviously, it was completed prior to COVID and all that sort of stuff. The, the whole Netflix pipeline has been so backlogged that they really didn't have any struggles whatsoever with anything mm-hmm. this year, which has kind of been a strange uh, disparity for someone like me who works on set and knows what that takes and knows how much ahead of time that works but i understand that also the public doesn't realize that that's how it is right. and so there's almost this this separation where you think that oh well people are just out still making movies like right now which is not really the case i mean we really only got up and running last month or so you know right. and not even and it's really only been the big ticket stuff and then the stuff that's been non-union or they don't have to necessarily follow certain COVID protocols, that stuff's had issues. Um, there was a there was an assistant director who passed away due, after doing a, after getting COVID, who worked on a commercial out in LA. You know, that sort of stuff is you know when there's not the, the amount of safety that they need for all of that and those big productions, it's, it's you know unfortunately things happen. Um, so. Uh, it's definitely another movie that's in that pipeline of is finished way in advanced and they had time to do edits and, and all that. Um, I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to it. it. It's got a, it's got a great cast and you know, it, it should be another, another great turn in a, in a, a short, what feels like just too short of a career. Um, and again, a career that we just said that just was getting going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, uh, well, I just, I just pulled up a little synopsis. It's, uh, 
a play, a 1982 play that's based in Chicago or based in 1920 Chicago. So that's mm-hmm. cool for us. Uh, but, you know, again, it's a movie that deals with race, art, religion, and um, I guess it focuses on the exploitation of black recording artists mm-hmm. by white producers or the industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as we are saying, he kind of left us off with, I guess we'll see whenever this movie uh, does release, but he kind of left us off with another thing to kind of ponder, like another mm-hmm. really kind of serious movie to ponder. So, yeah. I mean, if that was his signing off, that's a powerful, you know, signing off. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, film that's relevant, you know, to what's going on right now socially. Mm-hmm. Get us thinking about things, get us looking at things, you know, from a different perspective. Um, seeing what, uh, how, how really, and uh, it's funny that it's not talked about a lot, right? Because all of these roles that Chad would play, right? It's, it, that that shows, like, without a doubt, how black culture, black sports, you know, black black acting, you know, black music has affected the American culture. And um, it, it, it's funny that uh, you say that, like, he he got to his career, his career just started going, but then he he realized at some point, like, man, you know what? This is the angle that I want to take. Yeah. And um, man, I, I think that uh, I think that um, losing a guy like that um, is a uh, man, it's heartbreaking, right? Yeah. So um, shoot, I think that um, I think that like you said, the Marvel universe will adjust. But uh, if they ever put somebody in that in, in, in Black Panther shoes, other than you know <laughs> what the story dictates when he gets lost in uh, in space. Like, you know, they'll be doing an injustice. It's just, it's, it's, it's kind of like, uh, what's the actor's name who played the Joker before he passed away? Um, uh, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, yeah. Yeah, and like, he, he, like Heath, right? And that's my guy, Night's Tale. I just watched that the other night. <laughs> just like, you know. An absolutely perfect movie. Like, no flaws. No flaws. No flaws. And, and it's like, you know, you, you look at when he played that position, like, they couldn't stick to that same storyline. You know what I mean? Like, nobody can yeah. stick to that Joker's shoes. Yeah, there was definitely an energy after that where it felt as though Nolan had his Dark Knight Rises plan and that was, it involved him and he had to, he had to adjust. Uh, I still remember there was like a, a, a series of Gotham City headlines, you know, that they put out. One of them was like, all of criminals of Gotham escape except the Joker. <laughs> Because just to explain to him not being there. Um, And, you know, I I think this will be different. I I would imagine Black Panther is going to be down the road quite a bit, especially now. And, I mean, obviously there's time for development and stuff like that right now with, um, you know, they've already got Black Widow in the can and a couple of the Disney Plus shows are going to probably finish up first. you know, so it's it's going to be down the line. But when it does, I could, you know, like, like I said, I still see it very much being Letitia in the center um, and that kind of just being the thing. I don't think we're going to kind of, I, I, I think it would be an absolute disservice to put someone else and say, this is T'Challa now and right. and, and, and and just move on. Uh, you know. It's like, no, man, turn the channel. You know? yeah. I don't want to see that. <laughs> yeah. Now, we got, a, we got a little under five minutes left here. Um, I guess before we go, can you give us some insight into your experience on set and what you've faced with these new COVID restrictions? Absolutely. Um, so, 
again, I, uh, so I was working on season four of, of Fargo, which uh, we got, we had about two and a half weeks left before COVID really hit. And it was very much like a day-to-day thing that last week where, you know, we weren't really sure what was going to happen. And it was kind of like everyone just kind of shut down in succession. And we were one of the last because we had so little left to go. Um, and by one of the last, I mean, they started shutting stuff down on Monday. We made it to Friday. Uh, but we were off and confined and we were in our own space. So we didn't really have any issues. But coming back now, we get tested three times a week. And there's proper zoning. So if you're in someone who comes in close proximity with the cast, who obviously are people who have to not wear masks at times, uh, you're tested more frequently. And, um, you know, that there's a smaller pool of stuff like background extras where usually before, you know, you can say, oh, you know, so-and-so is not showing up. We'll call someone else and they'll show up in an hour. Like, you can't do any of that now. There's like a testing pool. Um, And it's been incredibly safe and everyone's been very conscious because everyone's been out of work for five and a half months. And the nice thing about the Chicago productions is that we don't take anything for granted because it's hit slow. It's hit, it ebbs and flows. It, it can, there's years where there's five movies and they're all huge and there's six TV shows and a couple pilots and everyone's working and there's other years where just nothing. And, you know, we're in a weird period right now because empire is over shameless is shooting its last season, but we don't know if they're going to come back to Chicago. Right. Uh, and if they do, that will only be like two weeks of work. Um, Cause that's typically how that goes. And so it's kind of just the, the Dick Wolf shows the med, the fire PD uh, as mainstays at this point. So right. we don't know what's going to happen next, but um, you know, they're, they're, we're doing absolutely everything we can. We have uh, you know, a whole new department, which is the health and safety department that is just, they're passing out K and 95 masks anytime anyone needs one. There's just hand sanitizer everywhere. We don't know when, no one breaks for lunch at the same time. Everyone's distance away from each other when they're eating. Um, and, and so we've really been able to create a very safe environment for uh, the cast to feel comfortable. And they have. Uh, and I feel, I, I feel like I've seen that energy from, from all the cast up and down where they just feel like they can, can kind of continue on. Um, so it's, it, it's been great. And we're going to be premiering on uh, the 27th, which I'm really excited about. So people are actually going to finally get to see this. Nice. Um, I'm really stoked. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a good one. Hey, uh, just real quick, Matt, uh, your COVID-19 testing, right? Mm-hmm. Are they, are they giving you the big Q-tip? Right up the nose. Right, right. <laughs> we're, getting the, we're getting the swab, but it's the little more sensitive swab where it's two nostrils. It's not all the way up in the back, um, Ooh. but it's frequent and consistent and, uh, it's it's it, and uh it's been very safe which has been great so. that's good that's good matt Brazzle, ladies, and, ladies and gentlemen thank you guys thank you king's legacy cod podcast episode 12 that's right chad with bozeman rest in peace we're sending love to his family we're sending love to everybody who worked with him in cinema i'm sure he made a lot of friends and he affected a lot of people um yeah but moving forward wakanda forever wakanda forever forever <laughs> Peace.